Hey party people, it is October the 21st and the time here in Egypt is 2.03 a.m. <clears throat> and I have been in the bed since probably 6.30. <laughs> today was tough. I substituted three extra classes today. And... It brought to my mind that I'm on a campus that doesn't have a substitute teacher system. The teachers substitute for each other. So at any time, you can be called to sit in anywhere from probably a fourth grade classroom, or I can. I can be called to sit in anywhere from a fourth grade classroom, probably all the way up to a 12th grade classroom and today as luck would have it I substituted two fifth grade classrooms the same class but they were fifth graders now let me say this children um, are triggers for me at the education level, not like if we're at a family reunion, I don't have no problems. I love being around kids in that way. But in the education system, they are triggers because we're already in an unnatural situation. <clears throat> and in an unnatural situation, I'm very uncomfortable around fifth grade and under. And it's because they're struggling to, at the young level, the the veil is being secured over who they naturally are. And at the like third through fifth grade level, they're trying to please you with the veil being secured. So, today, (laughs) I walk into a classroom of young people who the light is being turned out. I mean, I can see it. I can see it, and I've been able to see it, which is why I'm very comfortable at the middle school level, because the veil is secured, but there's so much room to remind them of who they are, and they can process that information. So, for instance, in my sixth grade intensive, y'all remember I told y'all the story about the young man who just lost his brother. So today, before we got into our lesson, we talked about dreams. And I informed the students that you're not just who you think you are. You are your mother and your father, which I know, you know, when you go around your relatives, they'll tell you that you look just like your mother or you look just like your father. Or you remind them of of great uncle Joe who died four years ago, or you look just like your great, great, great grandfather. I was able to remind them that you don't just carry your mother and your father. You carry your your mother's mother and your, your father's father. And you carry, you know, you carry all of these 
You are the descendant of descendants. So today, working with these fifth graders was just, you know, it's, 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 <laughs> it's a troubling awakening. It, it just, it, it awakens me in a way that troubles me because I get bothered by the fact that we're doing this to children. We're doing what, Kamika? What are you talking about? What are we doing to them? They need to be educated. Yeah, they do, but not in the way that we educate them. Children should be allowed a little bit more freedom to talk about what they like to be educated about. I get it that, you know, I'm dealing with these fifth graders and these these girls who tend to be the leaders are coming up to me and they're like, Miss, I need the... I need the pen for the board. They're they're pulling up the board. These girls are pulling up teams and they're pulling up my online kids and they're checking the microphones to make sure these kids, technology-wise, they're not having any problems. But when we start, the lesson today uh, was a grammar lesson. And then in the afternoon, we did a writing lesson. And it was the writing lesson that Hmm. Opens me up in a way that I just get so frustrated because I am a writer. I am a scribe. I am a um, collector of history on paper. Um, It is a part of my destiny. It is what I do. So these kids are writing these stories and they're just rushing through it. They're just... You know, they were supposed to write a paragraph on either a time that they were scared or something that a time when they were really proud of something that they did. And I can't remember the third one, but most of them wrote about a time when they were scared. And they're just rushing through this. And that's where I'm like, man, this this veil that we've put over these kids, because when I tell you that kids are the ones who should be able to really openly express a time when they were scared because they're still really really close to entering this world um so having to remind them you know what happens to your body when you're afraid and to know that that's what the education system is trying to pull out of them in order to pull it out of them So I'm reading all of this very rushed, very flat writing and having to discern from within myself how much of this I can give them in order for them to give it away. (laughs) Behavior-wise, I had a kid who was writing on a disc, like totally drawing a whole ass picture on a desk and it frustrated me because I'm like you're defaming school property and the drawing it was alright but I had moved him to the back of the classroom because he was bothering another student and he didn't want to turn around in his seat and he only wanted to be problematic to me in the in the way of which what I'm asking him to do, he's openly not wanting to do it so that he can get my attention. 
Now, I get it. Some of y'all might be out there like, no, Kamika. Sometimes kids are just, let me tell y'all something. If you're not a teacher, first of all, if you're not a teacher, if you're not sitting sitting in these <clears throat> if you're not sitting in these places of erasure, I don't want to hear it. If you're not sensitive to these places of erasure, I don't want to hear it. Because to experience children who are having the veil put over them, and by the veil I mean unconsciousness. Because the average American education system is a place where we put these veils over these kids and we force them into this type of learning that is not meant for them. It's not healthy. It's not productive. It's not conducive to their spiritual selves. And I'm not saying we have to. I do believe in reading, writing, and arithmetic. I do believe that we have to cultivate learners who can, at some point, be entered into Earth's... um, Earth's management system. We do need people who can manage Earth's system. But right now we're living in a world where greed and money and material wealth is put over knowledge, wisdom, and caretaking. Which ultimately we, which is crazy because ultimately we arrive back at back to these spaces, but we arrive back into these spaces as manipulators. So I'm very well aware of what this young man was doing as a person who's trying to deal with the veil but isn't even capable of dealing with who he is. He doesn't know who he is. And based on his cosmic structure, I already know what's happening. I already know what people are calling him. I already know what possibly is happening in his family structure. So, you know, to send him to the back of the room and tell, you know, telling him once you realize, once you get a grip on the assignment today and, and I see that you can do the assignment, then I'll move you back to your seat. But then to go back there and start drawing on a desk. So it just takes a lot out of me because what I have to do is become what they want me to be. I have to put my veil back on sometimes for some of these kids and deal with them with the veil on. And I don't. This is why I'm like, I cannot. You know what? I'm not going to say I cannot. This is why. I transition in and out of education. This is why I transition in and out of the classroom. I come in because I know there are kids I can touch. I know there are kids I can reach. I know there are kids I can remind them of who they are. And I know that one day they're going to say, you know what, I remember this this black lady or this this woman who came into my presence. So I remember Miss Spencer. I remember Miss Kamika. And I remember she said this. And when it's time for them to arrive back to that, there will be a certain amount of peace and solitude and, and, and settlement in them that will get them to a point where they can start removing that, that, that veil again. 
But then there are those those ones, the majority, because the veil is thick. The veil is in education. The veil is in their religion. The veil is in their economy. The veil is in their social life. You you don't fit in, and if you don't fit in, then you you put on the cape of sadness and you put on the cape of depression and you put on the cape of overeating and you put on the cape of 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 promiscuity and you put on you put on all these capes because you're trying to you don't fit in with the veil over you and there's no space for you to be brave and courageous enough to remove that veil anyway long story short motherfucking fifth graders took everything out of me not only that, the schedule that I had today had me all over the place. All over the place. Like, I didn't even want to walk when I got home. I was like, I just need to sit down and let my ankles breathe. Let my feet breathe. I don't want to walk. I don't want to talk. I want to do nothing. So I came home. And I put on my pajamas. Well, I had to go to the car for it. We had to make a run because my I had to upload new... Um, data on my phone and when I got back and unpacked my little groceries I took I put my pajamas on I've been in the bed ever since and I kept debating if I was going to do a podcast because I realized that I've been listening to other podcasts and the people are always in a certain space they always present their podcasts based on whatever they're I haven't Really, there's only one podcast that I listen to where I'm like, okay, she's kind of keeping it real. Where like she'll do a podcast and someday she's just like, y'all, I'm heavy today, and she'll do the podcast. But I'm at a point where I'm doing podcasts when I feel like doing them. Like it's two o'clock in the morning, and I've gone to sleep, and I've woken up, and I've tried to go back to sleep, and I've listened to four podcasts. But something was like, you know what? Make a podcast. You do your podcast and say what you need to say. But I'm always kind of all over the place because I never want to, like, make notes. Sometimes I do, but for the most part, I just want to kind of regurgitate whatever is on my mind in that moment. And that's what's on my mind right now is how tired I am and how I have to do my deep breathing in order to just sleep and how the moon is out tonight. And I think that's a part of it, you know, the call for me to just go sit up on the roof and look at how bright this goddamn moon is and how she's just putting on a whole show. She put she did it yesterday. Um, yesterday morning, I woke up randomly at like 424, some real random. And I thought there was a I thought they had overnight had put a whole like street light outside of my building. The only thing that made me realize it was the moon is that I'm on the top floor and it would I would think I just would have heard somebody putting up a street light. But the moon was so bright and so close. I've never been this close. Like I don't I've never felt this close to the moon. I don't even know like I can't speak the mathematics on how I feel like if the moon wanted to knock on my window she could. But it's so close, y'all. So close. Or how this morning, after I saw the moon and came and, and was able to get back in bed and go to sleep. And sleep for 
literally like an hour before I actually got up that I was awakened by a cat fight right outside my window. Cats just, I don't, cats, I don't know. It's a lot of stray animals around here. But there was a cat that was just like, I don't know what was going on, but I didn't even have it in me to get up and go look. I was like, what the ever fuck? What is going on? Or how yesterday, after I come, I came to my, well, not yesterday, but the day before, because the day is the 21st. Day before, on the 19th, I had come into my room and taken a nap, got back up, and was as I was walking back across the campus, I saw a yellow butterfly. And it was the first butterfly I've seen since I've been here. And it was a brilliant yellow butterfly, like brilliant yellow. And it was fluttering and it was like, follow me, follow me. And I, it just so happened to be flying in the same direction I was walking. Or how I've seen feathers. I'm starting to see a lot of feathers when I go running. And I go, I listen y'all, I go running twice a week. Friday morning and Saturday morning. That's it. But I'm starting to see feathers. So in my transformation of becoming a better me, and while I'm in Egypt, away from all of my vices, and let me say this, I think I've said it before, a lot of my vices, my body has started rejecting a couple of years before I actually got to the Egyptian part of of getting leaving the United States so like I would drink wine I used to be I used to love to drink an occasional glass of wine and I started out with Merlots and Reds because you know that's what you see on TV I guess I don't know I was I had gone to a wine tasting and Merlots was my thing and now I can't I can't even look at a red wine without getting a headache and that was happening that happened at least two years before I even even thought about applying for a job out of the country, in the way that I've applied for a jo- had a jo- had applied for a job out of the country. Well, anyway, I'm trying to get back to this whole teaching thing because that's what this is about. So I'm at a point now where I can go into the schools and really look students in their eyes and kind of see <clears throat> what lights are turned out. And I know that sounds weird, but I can literally look at a student and say, oh, your light of self-esteem has been turned out. Your light of seeing yourself as attractive has been turned out. Oh, your light of power has been turned out. So today, my 6C class, this is another reason why I was tired. 6C, I walk into the classroom and they are just... They they are going buck wild. As a matter of fact, the teacher that was in there before me like ran out of the classroom. Was like, "Oh, you here? Bye." And these kids, I don't know what was in the air. I don't know what was in the water. I don't know what they had eaten for lunch. But it was what period was it? It was eighth period, and they were wilding out, y'all. Like I can't even explain. The energy, like <clears throat> my discipline prefect and Laura, who just turned 11, 
who was one of my academic prefects, I had took taken her position away from her like two weeks ago because Laura is this little girl who I'm still trying to put my finger on her, but she wants me to accept her. There's a part of her that wants me to accept her. But then there's this grander part that's like, I don't give a fuck. Like, whatever else is on her, whatever the veil is, she's rejecting the veil. Let me say that. But she wants to be a villain. So she's chasing my disciplined prefect around the class with a water bottle. And water is being slung everywhere. And I didn't already tell my kids, I'm not finna yell at you. So I walk up on them. Like, they wilding out. And instead of me yelling, like everybody else does, I just walk up on the action. And I say, stop what you're doing right now. Go sit down. Miss, she's did it. You know how they do. Miss, she... If you don't go sit down right now, I'm going to lose my brain. And it's going to splatter all over you. Go sit down. So, and I say stuff like that, y'all. This is the way I cuss now. I just be saying random stuff that feels right. (laughs) If you don't sit down right now, I'm going to take my shoe off and I'm going to throw it out into the hallway. And everybody's going to know it's you. I'll say stuff like that. So... I finally get the whole class settled. And that little trophy that they won, I take it right off that mantle. And I say, y'all are not winners today. As a matter of fact, I'm going to go turn this trophy in. You haven't earned it. Because what comes with academic diligence, it has to be partnered. It has to be partnered. With discipline. And that means when you see Miss Kamika coming, this classroom has to be cleaned. You are preparing yourself to be one of the first two or three people to go to the bathroom. And that means you need to be in your seat, bottom to the wood, prepared with your hand up to say, can I go to the bathroom? You don't be running around. You don't let me walk in the classroom and think you got an extra five minutes. You don't let me walk into this classroom and think you got an extra three minutes. When you see me walk into this classroom, that means you start preparing. You don't wait for me to start the countdown. Y'all are wise enough. You're sixth graders. And we've been through this dance and we're about to move into the hardest part of this semester. So let me tell y'all another little thing. I know this is why I'm the middle school whisperer. At the beginning of the school year, all students are, they're old, brand new. So you're dealing with where they came from and you're watching them adjust to where they are. So like that first four, five weeks you're literally dealing with who the child was last year and you're watching them acclimate to a whole new level so now they're in the sixth grade and they're learning the rules of the sixth grade they're learning the academics of sixth grade they're learning the the culture of sixth grade what the expectations are sixth grade sixth grade sixth grade sixth grade 
but mentally and most of the time physically they're still fifth graders and it's a fine line because the kids who play too much you just kind of have to wait it out you can fuss at them and talk to them but if they keep doing it you have to realize oh i gotta wait this out because this is still they're still operating at this fifth grade level and depending on what's going at home going at home going on at home they're possibly being allowed to operate at that level there's no expectation that oh now you're this and you now have to move up in your elevated grade state and that's i mean i'll quit i question that too but whatever so then that's September, August, September, October. We are now in the middle of October moving towards the first big holiday, which here is Christmas break. So unlike in America, where we worked from October through November with possibly two breaks before Thanksgiving, I'm about to move into like October all the way into December, y'all. With no breaks. Like six whole working weeks. With no vacation. And these people here. They don't talk about mental health days. They actually encourage you to come to work as much as possible. And here's what they say to you. The kids. You know. They love the consistency. And once you're inconsistent. They they lose faith in you. They, They say little bullshit like that. Like crazy stuff. Where I know that children are resilient and children have inconsistent homes. They're growing up in inconsistent homes. Parents are some of the most inconsistent people on the planet. And I don't mean that in their presence. I mean in how they run their households because things constantly are changing. So don't tell me that this child depends on me to show up every day as their teacher. And one of the things I tell my kids is I could be anybody. Don't get used to me. I could be anybody. So I cultivate for my students the sense of self-dependence, self-reliance. It is your responsibility to get your education. It doesn't matter who's giving it to you. Because that one day they're going to try to replace us all with computers. That's, that's, that's the truth. What they're actually trying to do is get us all acclimated to being computers. So that you can take your laptop home and you can pick your classes. And at some point you'll be a sixth grader getting an education like a college student. So the essence of me is real. The spirit of Miss Kamika is real. But I could be anybody. So I just want y'all to know that. Like the hard part starts next week. We don't celebrate Thanksgiving here. There is no President's Day or whatever pagan holidays fall that we could get. Because I remember, oh, Fair Day, State Fair Day. I don't get any more vacation days between now and Christmas break. And that's a strong six or seven weeks. Maybe eight. I don't know. I'm scared. I'm, I'm literally scared to count those weeks because I have already seen teachers falling apart. Screaming, yelling, quitting. 
cussing. Like, I didn't seen it. And these are the same people who, right now, because we got a little one day extra on the break, they out, they out of town. I got to get away. I got to go relax. I got to go. And I'm like, I just need to sit still and let my feet relax. I don't want to go nowhere. I don't want to. I got to I got to center myself and I got to really focus on what's about to happen. Because what I'm going to tell you is about to happen is a lot of these teachers are about to just not show up for work. And I'm going to be up at five o'clock in the morning getting ready for work. And I'm going to get a text message saying that I have to sub a class. And it's going to be a class that I I absolutely am not going to want to sub. It's going to be a class that I absolutely do not want to sub. But I also am now really calling on my ancestors to walk with me. My my big mama was with me uh, yesterday. She walked with me. When I tell y'all I had to do this uh, SOL with these 8th graders by myself, I don't like 8th graders either. I'm telling y'all, it's I am a 6th and 7th grade teacher. To the heart of my being. I am a 6th and 7th grade oracle. 8th grade. Anyway. I'm doing this drama club. Because my my, SL, my S, SLO uh, guy. He wasn't here today. So he was like. You're going to have to do the drama class by yourself. Now I'm going to tell you this. I hate these kids. Because I don't hate them. But I do. 8th um, graders. <laughs> they are the trickiest of the bunch because they look like they're super, super, super responsible. But once again, they're seventh graders and you can't trust them. You can trust them to feed themselves, you can trust them to fall asleep. And for the most part, that's about it. If you don't have them in a structured, structured environment, You cannot trust an 8th grader. They are so busy trying to please the people around them. And they are so busy trying to fit in. They are so busy trying to create their own world under the veil. You just can't trust them. Not only that. They're fanciful and grown enough to where they'll talk back. They don't argue. They talk back. They will get in your face. And they know that they're big enough to refuse you. And I don't fight kids who refuse me. I'm not going to put my hands on you. I'm not going to do nothing but let you be you. I'm going to let you fail on your own, you know, recognizance. I, I just don't believe in stepping outside of myself anymore. To get anybody to do what I need them to do. So I had this class today. Nine students. And when I first got into the classroom, what happens with these kids is they'll come in and go, do I have to be in here? And I go, nope. Now, technically, they are supposed to be in there. But they don't want to. They they look at everything as boring and, and dumb if if. If it's something they don't know about So instead of just leaving out of the classroom They become disruptive to the other kids Who are at least trying to figure out what is going on 
And it's very, for me, it's very intimidating because I'm not yelling. All I want you to do is leave. So I have kids coming in and out and in and out. And I was already prepared to say, hey, Mr. Rami's not here. We're going to do two warm-ups. I'm going to give you all these papers and then I'm going to let you all out early. I was so prepared to do that. (laughs) But as luck would have it, I had four students who was like, no, we want to play some games, you know. And I'm like, okay, all right, here we go. So it was really funny, y'all, because I had this one little boy who was eating chips, and I was like, you cannot eat in here. And he was problematic because he was being in there so that he wouldn't be counted absent or, or, you know, be disagreeable or whatever. But he wasn't doing nothing. So at a certain point, I had them doing this warm-up. And I looked down at my clock and it said 111. And I was like, oh, my God, thank you, big mama. Thank you, thank you. She got my back. And instantly I told this kid, I took the little bag of chips from him. And I said, I need you to take these outside into the hallway and do not come back until you're done. And putting him in the hallway with them chips was the best thing I could have done because I was able to get the other eight kids into a zone of doing these warm-ups, doing these exercises. And they're really interested. They're having fun. So when he comes back in, the environment has shifted because they're no longer interested in whatever he got to sell. And now he's actually watching them and he wants to get into the play, but I only have nine kids. Which means somebody has to partner with me. And he doesn't want to do that. So I have found another kid who's like, I'll partner with you, miss. So we partner. We get that done. We finally get into a zone. And at some point, y'all, it's just random stuff will happen. They're trying to round up all of these eighth graders who have this free period. And apparently there was a party going on with pizza. Let me tell y'all something. We are in a total place of peace doing these drama exercises. And I'm standing by the door. The door flings open. And there's literally like 13 kids. One of them holding a pizza box. Who thinks they are about to come into my classroom. With all of this bullshit. And I immediately go la 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 la. No no no. Go across the hall. And like a swarm of bees. They just turned around and went the other way. Now, that may not sound miraculous to y'all, but in the past, when I'm just serving as the assistant, that has happened and chaos ensued. Pure, unadulterated chaos. And today was magical because I went into it, first of all, not really certain that I would find kids interested in doing the drama exercises or be interested in even learning anything about drama and I had already come up with my plan B I'm gonna do I'm gonna stay here long enough to say that I was here but I'm not gonna spend I'm not gonna spend my time trying to coax and corral you to do what it is that you know you're supposed to do that's why I don't like eighth graders you you have to convince them of goodness 
You have to convince them of goodness. And you have a few. Because let me tell y'all something. I had nine kids today. I should have had about 20. So just to give you an idea of like these kids are choosing to not show up until they're they're accountable. And even when they're supposed to be accountable, they want to come in and bring chaos. And I'm just kind of like, I'm not an agent of chaos. I am serene. I am centered. I am happy. I am joyful. And it's only about 1% of that I'm willing to give up on behalf of your inability to be the same. So Big Mama helped me get through that. But I had that fifth grade class after that. And on, I normally don't have a ninth period class on um, Wednesdays. So there was a whole new, you know, my body was tired. And then to go in here with these kids and this writing and be frustrated because writing needs to be a class. I don't know what is going on in the education system. The child don't have writing as a class. And then you expect the kid to be able to fill out a a job application form. Even on a computer, typing is a form of writing. And when a kid, y'all are giving writing in units. So we're going to do this unit on writing. And then you wonder why these kids can't write. Why they don't know how to use adjectives on paper. They don't know the difference between nonfiction and um, informative text. That's the same thing. (laughs) Nonfiction and informative text. But y'all know what I'm saying. Writing should be a class. Writing should be a class. Writing should be a class. So I go in here and these fifth graders are trying to impress me with these paragraphs that are rushed and I'm a substitute so my big toe don't curl but the writer in me is like I just want to punch a hole in the wall I wanted to punch a hole in the wall because if writing were a class You would have amazing, the same way these kids can get up and turn on this technology and prepare the class for the lesson, they would be able to write. We don't give kids enough credit. We don't give kids enough credit and we are taking out the important stuff and privatizing it. And that shit's got to stop. It's got to stop. I can't imagine how frustrated I would be watching my kids navigate the education system anywhere in the world at this point. So that was my day today. And it's going on 3.15, 3.30. I don't know what time it is. And I'm still not sleepy because my mind is like, what happened today? What was that? This transformation is real. I'm having dreams. I'm having experiences. My language is changing. 
I only have the ability to speak life into anything. I don't want to hear no buts. I don't want to hear no criticisms about basic bland shit. If we're not trying to change the shit that's important, I really just don't even have room anymore to have that conversation. I hear people say stuff that doesn't even matter. Like, who cares if they're sitting in the hallway talking? Who cares? What does it have to do with progress? What does it have to do with where we headed as a people? What does it have to do with get these kids to understand that there's there's a duality to who you are and you've got to acknowledge that a part of that duality is being covered up the student whose brother passed we were having a whole conversation today about dreams and this child back to back to back to back to back to back was talking about these dreams that he was having back to back to back to back to back and he comes to school every day and he's not allowed to express himself and he just lost his brother this kid is having dreams about blood flowing it was just his blood it was a lot of blood everywhere he's having dreams about his brother he's having dreams about his grandfather now I told y'all he's a he a nerd. He's a nerd. He's a smart kid. Finished all his work today and was walking around helping other people check their work. He's brilliant. And I'm trying to in whatever little room and space I have help him unpack this trauma or at least learn how to keep unpacking it so that he doesn't come to school every day and that trauma ultimately becomes a cancer in his soul to where he's so problematic that nobody knows what to do with him and I would never go into counseling in the way that the world wants me to go into counseling to help counsel these children they need spiritual work they need shadow work if you can get some shadow work into a kid early you're really helping the future. You don't have to be grown to do shadow work. And the trauma doesn't have to be obvious for you to do shadow work with a child. Sometimes it's just little bitty things you can say. Such as, you're not just the product of your mother and father. You are the product of your mother's mother and your father's father and you are the product of your mother's mother's mother and your father's father's father and as far back as you can think of those things that is your composition and that energy is inside of you which is why you look like your relatives Kids understand that language. They understand the language of dreams. Oh, let me get back to Laura. So I finally get these kids situated and settled down. I'm so mad at her because 
I'm not mad at her, but I'm disappointed because the discipline prefect, I took her position. Well, how are you taking their positions, Kamika? Well, there's a sticker that I gave them. So I just pulled the sticker off of the book. And here's the conversation that I have with these two young ladies. I tell Laura, I said, you are a superhero. You are an 11-year-old superhero, and you just turned 11. And I want you to see 12. But at the rate you're going, I don't know if you're going to see 12. I said, you're a superhero, and you want to act like a villain. I said, you are, and I'm telling her this in front of everybody. I said, you have so much power. You have so much power. You can see it in her. I can see it in her. I said, you have so much power that you choose to use for evil instead of good. And you have so much power that you can pull good people down. And I pointed to Miriam, who her and Miriam had had a moment two weeks ago where I knew Miriam was acting out of herself. Miriam's a really good child. My discipline prefect, back and forth. She's moving into her seventh grade territory. Same way with Laura. Laura's moving into her seventh grade ter- territory. But it's October. We're about to shift. So I tell Laura, you're a superhero. You're not a villain. And I need you to use your powers for good. Because you have the power to turn other superheroes into villains. And this classroom is a classroom full of superheroes. And I want to see you be a superhero. We are about to move into the hardest part of this whole entire year. Because not only do I have to work eight, seven weeks straight. And you got to come here eight, seven weeks straight. You're also about to move over into the seventh grader that we've been treating you like. um, Seventh grader. The sixth grader that we've been treating you like this whole time anticipating the birth of that what do you mean by that Kamika I mean most of your children become the grade they 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 embody the grade that they're in after the Christmas break the second half of the school year because the first half they're still operating in where they came from and right around end of October, November, you start to see it. You start to see more fights. You start to see people get breakups and get new boyfriends and girlfriends. You start to see girls who never wore makeup wear makeup. You start to see boys get haircuts and and they change. They're starting to transform. And by the time they come back from Christmas break, now you got your official sixth grader. And there's a whole new transformation and adjustment that has to happen. But it only lasts about three weeks. And from uh, January, from the end of January, or more, more like, like from February on out, you got what you got. But nobody, nobody really considers those adjustment periods. And those adjustment periods for kids are not only uh, very, very visual. They're real. With adults, our transformations are a little more subtle uh, because we're grown and we've acclimated to being able to be who we are. Because once you're, you know, 25, there's not a lot expected of you (laughs) outside of your job and your children. 
That's where most of the expectation comes from. And if you have a church life, there's expectation there. But with children, the expectations are coming from all sides at all times. And we forget that they're also growing up, that they also are becoming. And not only are they becoming, they're still getting used to having the veil put over their eyes. You're only going to learn what I'm going to give you to learn. And you, you, they slowly lose the ability to, to teach themselves, which is what they're born with. Right? Well, I don't need y'all's approval on this one. I'm talking solely out of my gift of being able to identify these things in children. Young folk, as I call them. And it is not my job to break a child down in order to rebuild them up. I'm just going to rebuild you. Or give you the tools to build out and better. I no longer have that desire. That's what being in a Greek organization, a so-called Greek organization will do. They claim they break you down to build you up but at the end of the day most of us don't need to be broken down we're already broken down I don't need nobody else to try to do that and I'm not here to do that to nobody's child the last thing I want to do is turn that light out I want to let you know you got a light but you're not going to turn your own light off to add to the darkness You will not turn your own light off to add to all this goddamn darkness. We got enough of it. So my feet hurt today. And I couldn't do nothing else. My lesson plan was due. I didn't turn it in. I came home and got in the bed. And that felt right. It felt appropriate. It felt good. It brought me joy. And I was able to at least not be standing. (laughs) If ever there was a moment I was like, yeah, I don't want to stand. I don't even want to go get no water. If I got to walk, it ain't going to happen. Because between the stairs and the extra classes and the just watching... Just watching and refusing to be pulled into the energy. Y'all don't understand how many people I hear hollering every day. I've never heard, like, never heard this much hollering in a school. And it might be a part of the culture. Because I'm telling you, people be hollering. They just be yelling at these kids. And these kids... They're so used to it that they, they get quiet for three seconds. And then as soon as they sense that, you're, that you got control, they go back to losing control. And I just refuse. And I'm realizing that the kids are more intimidated by the calm than they are the storm. And I'm all calm. I will take my time to walk up on your ass and in the calmest voice I can say, go sit down. And I'm not going to tell you one more time. And they normally 
will look me in the face and see whatever devil they see and they do what they gotta do the problem is I have to kind of do that all the way around see yelling accomplishes it as an umbrella when you yell everybody is supposed to hear you but you walk up on somebody doing wrong and acknowledge that they're doing wrong without yelling at them and it it affects their soul at least with kids it does but it also zaps your energy yelling is a release so it may not fix the problem long term it's a temporary fix but it's also a release I don't know but anyway that was today we don't have a substitute school we don't have a substitute system here And it's a very archaic approach to just saying to another teacher, you got three classes you got to teach today. You got three extra classes you got to teach today. And when they told me I had them fifth graders, y'all, my whole soul shook. Because I just don't. I don't. The younger, mm-mm. Mm-mm. I kept this one little boy today. I was like, say, dude. I need you to sit down. Say, dude, why are you not doing your work? So one kid was like, why you keep calling him dude, miss? I said, because there's so many other words I want to use. That's another problem Miss Kamika has is that I'm super honest, y'all. Like, I'm so honest. I think that's why kids like me is that I just, I'm not going to pretend with y'all. I don't have time. I just don't. Like, I just don't. I don't. I don't need kids to see me as some... proper teacher that's not that's not experience is the best teacher and experience is one of those things that when you look back on it you you tend to be like man that was something else wasn't it well that's kind of yeah that's kind of who I am as a teacher I'm I'm an I am an experience I embody that so I'm not gonna lie to your kids and I ain't gonna lie to you which is why my job is, I'm always like, I'm finna lose my job. I, you about to lose your job. I'm always right there in that cut. Because what I'm not finna do is act like something is right when it's not. I'm gonna, it's only so far I'm going to be able to operate within that. I'm going to tell your kids the truth. So don't send them to me with questions that they don't need the answers to. Because when they come back to you and say, well, Miss Kamika said, and you get upset, I'm going to be able to tell you exactly how that happened. Anywho, I'm still a teacher. I'll always be a teacher. I'll always be a writer. And... um If this earthly life is a school, 
I'm about to graduate. <laughs> I'm about to graduate and move to a different level of this whole game. Because I am being transformed. And I am actualizing who I've always been. And I'm really thankful that I was able to remind myself that I was able to reach back into my own memory of goodness and with the help of the ancestors and my mentors rescue myself. Be good, be good, be good, be God. Peace.